lovely. So I've forgotten who picked this week's film. I just remember what it was. I picked the film, yes. You picked it. Fernando's. you picked uh, My Own Private Idaho. Indeed. Yes, um, where did you come across this one? Well, <laughs> it was once where again... Where did you find this? <laughs> <laughs> it was once again a recommendation of Fernando's Balbo, uh, who has oh, been great. making, uh, well, recommendations that I've been liking, hence I yeah, thought so this was... Uh, also going to be interesting. And does, I does he listen to the podcast? No, he doesn't know that we have. Ah, oh, wow! Oh, so when he finds out, he'll be like, "Fernando, I, I seem to recognise a lot of these films." <laughs> <laughs> it would be only one out of four each round. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, true. This, oh, well. I just mm. mention it because this could be honorary member. Um, Material. We'll have to keep an eye out. I see. But we already have one on our member, and that's Rebecca yep. Ryan. And she doesn't know about it either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like uh, that we just make people honorary members and never tell them. Yeah. <laughs> well, secret. <laughs> well, we can tell Rebecca, but she won't remember. That's the beauty of it. Um, sorry. So, yeah, this was my own private Idaho. He recommended this to you. Did he tell you anything about it? Did, did you have an idea of what it was going to be? Well... No. <laughs> mm. uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you like it? I did like it. Uh, yeah, oh. I think I did. Yeah. Me, me too, with some asterisks. Um, mm. What did you think, Claire? I thought it was a, a fun idea, and it was entertaining. I, I don't know if I liked it. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we can discuss more. How about you, Laura? I thought it was great. Right, right. Made me feel things. Oh, in my oh, desiccated well, heart. Can ask. Excellent. Yeah. So okay. I have seen it before. Oh, oh you oh. have. I watched it in 2018. I didn't really remember any of it. Um, yeah. And I had this strange memory of them. They were always speaking in this kind of weird Shakespearean language, which wasn't the case. So I was surprised that my memory betrayed me in such a way. Hmm. But yeah, but I liked it more this time. I liked it a lot last time, but I liked it even more this time. Okay. And I assumed you'd picked it because it was the same director as Drugstore Cowboy. Oh, was it? Did not even know that it was the same director. So that does not surprise me. Hmm. There was, yeah, it definitely had a, <laughs> so it kind of felt the same, but also yeah. was very confusing, <laughs> like, yeah. very uh, inconsistent <laughs> in tone, <laughs> which I thought of Drugstore Cowboy as well. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Gus Van Sant, is that his name? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, yeah, so I can see that. It had this kind of meandering... Uh, I guess depiction of depiction of like a life of crime ish and poverty, but in a sort of not entirely negative way, mm. and seemed to be doing something to try and capture something about that experience. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What did you think, Laura? Yeah, that that's exactly what I thought. I thought it was a really nice just. 
it felt very intimate. Like I think mm -hmm. Drugstore Cowboy did as well. It had this very strong, very character driven, dialogue driven, maybe not dialogue driven. I don't know. But yeah, mm. I again thought it was like really well crafted. Um, but yeah, I suppose I don't um, know a huge amount about that lifestyle or experiences or sex work, except when they relate to drug use. So I yeah. couldn't quite pick out the same structure. So maybe it was as structured as I thought the drugstore cowboy was, but I didn't get it. It felt a lot more meandering to me this time. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a, I love Keanu Reeves. Big, he's good, big Keanu Reeves. Oh, he's just wonderful. He's a wonderful person as well. I like even if he was a terrible actor, I would still want him to be amazing just because he's <laughs> yeah. such a nice guy. <laughs> and we got to see him do the face. What face? <laughs> yeah. The Keanu Reeves face. What's the Keanu Reeves face? You know the the Matrix isn't real face. No. The if this bus goes over under forty miles an hour, it's going to explode, and everybody on it's going to die. Face. <laughs> you mean his face? <laughs> yeah, he just he kind of doesn't really change his face while he acts, which is quite good. I think there were maybe two bits in this where he laughed, and that was a bit different. Um, but most of the time, he's just got sort of got this blank look on his face. He doesn't need to which do anything with his face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep it perfectly still at all times. Yeah. It's a good face. Great <laughs> Don't face. get me wrong. <laughs> His old oh man, I want to go and have adventures in the past, but my dad grounded me face. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, shall that's we... the finest work. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely peaked. Um, shall we uh, address the Shakespeare uh Please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Let's go. Who knew that this was going to be a Shakespeare thing? Nope. I read. Well, then when I looked it up to see where could I watch it online, um, Wikipedia snippet came out and it said that it was inspired in some Shakespeare, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll read. And since it was not Midsummer's Night Dream or something like that, I was like, mm. okay, well, then I've not read it, which means that I yeah. will not understand it. Uh, well, I like this film. I do not. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you I just watched exactly it and took it as a film. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm. um, so I had no idea it was going to be anything to do with Shakespeare. Um, yeah. How about you, Michael? Um, I had no idea, uh, but I'm happy to say I did pick it up. Um, it happens to be one of the ones that I, well, that, you and I, Claire, really like is Henry the Fourth. Um, Part especially. I don't know. It seemed like this. This seemed to cover both of them, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Um, Apparently, it has elements of Henry the Fifth as well, but I know less uh, about it. It was Henry the Fourth Part Two that really I picked up on. It was. Oh, it was Part One that I spotted. So right. it, it the the time I noticed it was when. It was fairly soon after we met Bob, yeah. who is John Falstaff. Um, this this sort of like uh, sinful, laughable fool. Um, and it was when he was he's got this sort of theatrical, kind of grandiose way of talking, but actually he's just a uh, uh, he's sort of a, a mad uh, like a, a mad 
man who's kind of lost everything he ever had uh, and is kind of laughed at, even though people sort of love him. And it's when he was talking about how he hasn't been inside of a church and he hasn't... Um, yeah, I started thinking, hang on, isn't this false stuff? And then he hatched this plot to go and rob the people and they went and robbed him. And I thought, yeah, this, this is... Oh, that's is that what in doing. part one? The, yeah, that's part the one. Part one's oh, the right. fun one. Part two is the one where it's a bit angsty and they're oh, not talking. Oh, I see. Oh, I, yeah. I've just misremembered completely then. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, part one's the one I like. Um, yeah. yeah, it was... Um, so they were, the beer they were drinking was Falstaff. And I thought, that's weird. Good oh, thought. I didn't see that. Um, and then I think it was when Mrs. Quick appeared. <laughs> yes. Miss Quick, sorry. Um, was she called Miss Quick? I don't know. I okay. I forget all the characters' names. I was just calling them their Shakespeare oh, sure. names <laughs> in my head. Yeah, Mistress um, Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. How do you remember all these things? Like, I've seen that so many times and my brain just doesn't remember the details. <laughs> anyway, I felt very smug when I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder if that was a little bit of the point. <laughs> to make people feel <laughs> smart. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, it was a bit odd the way they did it, though, because uh, that I thought they translated that quite nicely into into this world. That rather than being a you know a prince in among robbers, he's like a yeah a, a, an heiress. Uh, sorry, like a, an heir to a, a millionaire's fortune in among like. Yeah, homeless people in the city. That that kind of worked. Uh, but they, they seemed to detach from it every now and then. It seemed like about half the film was roughly following Henry IV and the other half was just other stuff that was going on. Um, like all of this about them trying to find his mother. Um, mm. So, yeah, R- River Phoenix. Was he called Mike? Yeah. yeah. Um, Exactly. So he's Poins, <laughs> who, who is not really a very important character in Henry the Fourth, and certainly doesn't have a whole plot where he goes to try and find his mother. Um, and I was trying to think, like, that this is interesting, but it seemed like all of those bits that were focusing on him kind of barely related to the whole Henry the Fourth storyline that was going on, and they even switched the language and mm. stuff that they had this very Shakespearean style that they were doing the Henry IV bit with, but then they would just drop into kind of very sparse dialogue, very naturalistic stuff. And it it seemed to clash quite badly. I don't know if that was meant to be like a clash between the two characters or, or what, but it seemed like a a film with two threads. Did anyone mm. else feel that? Not particularly. Oh, go on, Fernando. No, sorry, please, you go on. No, I was just going to say, I thought it wove in very well. I didn't think that it clashed. I thought that <clears throat> the when they delved into the Shakespearean dialogue, it was almost, I just, it felt quite organic to me. Interesting. Okay. The way that Bob spoke, I could just imagine someone who lived like that, who just spoke like that anyway. And then Keanu Reeves was almost, it was almost like he just especially delved into that when he was mocking Bob. Or, you know, having this playful banter with him. But yeah, I just thought cool. everything worked okay. out quite naturally. I didn't it didn't jar with me anyway. I enjoyed when they started to speak like that. And 
So I suppose it's really interesting to see. So just the way you described the interaction between Bob and was it Scott? Yeah. There. You said he you said mocking and then very quickly corrected to sort of mock a uh, fun banter or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a problem I've always had with Henry the Fourth is not knowing whether because <laughs> it's the prince whether mm-hmm. he's just taking the piss out of Falstaff or actually he's a mate in there playing around. Mm. So it's really interesting that they have translated that. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, well. I, I didn't even know. I didn't know about that. Obviously, but, um, but yeah, that yeah, like you saw their relationship, and that's something. Yeah. The more I've seen Henry the Fourth, the more I've thought, oh, he's actually just a bit of a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas at first it's just like, oh, they're just having fun, isn't that mm. nice? Um, yeah, mm. interesting. I wonder how how many other subtleties they managed to sort of bring across from mm-hmm. from the original Shakespeare. Mm. Um. Fernando, what were you? oh sorry, oh sorry, yeah, yeah, Fernando, what were you going to say? I mean, nothing really interesting. I was just going to ask: uh, <laughs> Is the um, Mike equivalent in Shakespeare also romantically interested in men? Hmm, it's never... not explicitly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got to say it. So that there's one particular production that that Claire and I have really enjoyed, which is the Hollow Crown version of it is a, a version the BBC did a few years mm, ago. With Tom Hiddleston. With Tom Hiddleston as Henry the Fourth. Wow. Um Gosh, which Scott. would be Scott here. Um and in that I thought they were maybe trying to hint that Poins was mm. kind of a bit interested. There was just a it it was subtle, but there was he was clearly devoted to him and there was a lot of like topless scenes where like they could have set this scene anywhere, but they decided to do it in like a in the bath, like yeah, like a bathhouse where they're both getting massaged and sitting next to each other and talking about what good friends they are and stuff like that. That seemed like other people have had that thought before, um, and I thought it was wonderful that they managed to do that in in a much more explicit way in this, where he you know confesses his love and things because they're. They're not bound by the script. They can was do it. Was that Shakespeare as well? Did Shakespeare say, I, "I love you, and you don't pay me"? Oh no! I, oh no! I don't. That that wasn't in the play. No, I was really hoping not that, that I recall. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose the film maybe developed some of that subtext. Hmm. So that it's maybe sort of hinted at in the play, and then they were a bit more explicit about it in the film. Yeah, um, and exploring that relationship, and exploring Poinsy's character. Um, yeah, I, I felt like the whole. I felt like it was. I'm with you, Michael. That it felt like it was two sort of parallel narratives. Yeah, and it felt like a, a kind of never-ending quest for Mikey. You know, it just felt like you know he moved around, went from Portland, turned up in Idaho, had to go to Rome, had to come back. Yeah, it was like a bad dream, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to make it was very dreamlike, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. I wonder if that's significant, because he was narcoleptic. 
Yeah, it seemed to fit with that. And that, that like, interrupted every time he was getting somewhere and trying to do things, he'd fall asleep. Yeah. And it was always with these flashes of, of him seeing his his memories of childhood would be what he'd think of just before he fell asleep. And Yeah, it seemed like this just frustrating loop that he'd got into where he could just never quite get it together enough to to actually solve his problem. Is narcolepsy something that happens exclusively when you are under the use of drugs? No. I think not. No. Mm. Um, were we supposed to think that he was a, a heavy drug user? We saw him to do the cocaine the one time, but apart from that, I don't remember. I don't think so. No, I didn't, there wasn't much reference to that at all, was there? No. So but he did have this this like mumbling way of going through everything. Mm. Is it something that can happen to you, to you without ever having used drugs? I believe yeah. so, yeah. Oh. Yeah, some people are just born like it. Yeah. I thought it was a good <laughs> narrative for life. Hmm? <laughs> sheep. Yeah, but they managed to like breed some sheep so that they're narcoleptic. Oh, humans are awful. With, like, response to a particular sound or something. Or was it, like, an accident? I can't remember. But the, there's these sheep that, like, they blow an air horn or something. They just all fall over. Oh. <laughs> it's so really funny. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's really mad. Funny. What a mad it idea. I can't remember the the full details of this now. I can't remember if it was an accident or if they deliberately <laughs> did it or or what the thing was. But yeah, there's this whole flock of sheep that just fall over suddenly. It's <laughs> handy yeah, if that... you want to transport your sheep yeah, places. Exactly. Yep. That's hilarious, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sort of yeah, a hint of like, me. what the hell are we doing? It's... All we knew was that we could. We didn't stop to think we should. So I've got oh. some examples of quotes from here. Oh, yeah. Um, that I think maybe this illustrates what I'm talking about with the change in language. Um, so here, here's a scene with Mike early in the in the film. He says, yeah, yeah, Mike, you think um, that you could spot me $10 more? $10? What's the matter? You can't get it from your dad? My dad and I don't get along too well. You know that, Walt. We're not getting along that well either now, are we? This is, it's so, again, I said naturalistic, just sort of rambling conversation. And this is how people really talk. uh, So it kind of makes sense. But then to compare it to um, Bob and Scott talking, um, one week away, Bob, just one more week. Let's not call ourselves robbers, but Diana's foresters, gentlemen of the shade, minions of the moon, men of good government, when I turn 21, I don't want any more of this life. My mother and father will be surprised at the incredible change. Like, so much more florid, so many more, like, adjectives. And that that seemed to me to be, like, you remember what they were, uh, like, the conversations they were having with the Italian girl in on the farm in Rome. Just, just you could barely string a sentence together out of the whole thing. Whereas all of this, uh, this other stuff, they're you know, delivering these, like, soliloquies. It, yeah. Oh, it did. Who are Diana's foresters anyway? Yeah, I don't know. 
oh well, Diana is who's Diana? Um, Apollo's sister, uh, Artemis. What? Oh, a hunter, yeah, a hunter goddess. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and that's why they're they're calling the new moon missions Artemis, right? Yeah. It's also yeah. in Henry the Fourth. Just googled it. Right. Said, someone says, "Let us be Diana's forest." I mean, that doesn't explain what it means, but that's well, obviously we knew that anyway. What am I saying? Yeah, I did enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. The end, the credits, including extra dialogue by William Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good of him to consult on this, wasn't it? <laughs> Coming out of retirement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah the, the language certainly changed and the, the acting became a lot more uh, more theatrical. Um, yeah, it's a lot more stagey, wasn't it? Even the camera angles, I, I'm sure, were wider mm-hmm. and showed you the whole cast there. Whereas these other things, it was very much like close up on someone's face within like cuts of weird, moody shots. It's quite like song to song in that way sometimes, wasn't it? I wondered <laughs> yeah, if, but less if shit. song to song would come up. Because <laughs> I, I got that as well. I was a bit like, hmm, this could almost be compared to song to song. I didn't want to say yeah, it because I didn't want to sound like I was shitting on it. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to taint it with <laughs> Like song to song, but not shit. That's how you have to qualify that. <laughs> <laughs> if I did have problems with it, it would be like some of the scenes that don't quite go anywhere and stuff that's meant to look a bit kind of symbolic, but actually is a bit meaningless. Um, I don't really know what happened at the end, for example. Uh, uh, they stole his shoes. Yeah. I think it was giving us the parallel of like his extreme vulnerability now that he's on his own again on this road. Yeah. Just that, right, that's his characters. It yeah, drives he's a lot back of his on this endless road, isn't yeah. he? And now he's he's got even less. He's stripped of everything. Hmm. Um, but then someone picks him up at the end, helps him into the car. Yeah, well, there you go. That's that's the perfect symbolism, isn't it? For how yep. action is enacted upon him. Yeah, but we, were we supposed or... to know who that was? I don't think no. this was supposed to be just being no, just another part of his life that we're seeing, which is all this constant interaction with strangers who will either be kind yeah. to him or, you know, exploit him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you don't sound convinced. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I liked it. I thought it was a nice little end. I don't okay. know. Maybe no, I'll Now you've that interpreted that for me. I'd... Oh, sorry? Ended on the funeral? I think I might have ended on the funeral. I think it would have. Oh. Maybe not though, because it bookended with the road, so that made sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. On the language, though, I, again, I just I think I think it made sense because I think I could see people like that almost talking that way. I mean, obviously not quite because it's the Shakespeare and yeah, they can exaggerate spout, though. Spout Shakespeare, but this like very it's almost like a fantasy. It's like a dream, isn't it? It's that this just escape from harsh reality by having this sort of sense of the surreal and the drama and I don't know I feel like I haven't we all met people who are just a bit mad like that and who speak in this totally (laughs) obscure way that 
No, I liked mm. that. I think that my objection was just the the distinction between that and the other scenes. Yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, was that meant to indicate something? I don't know. I'm not not necessarily saying it's a bad thing, but I, it's something I was unsure about. Something a bit jarring. Mm. Mm. Um, no, I, I see what you mean though about that. Yeah, almost like an escape or a, a slight loss of grip on reality. Yeah could end up with people yeah speaking a bit a bit yeah in this kind of florid theatrical way mm. um did you ever see waiting for godot i didn't see it but i've I read it. it right so i i certainly haven't seen or read it all the way through but I, i've seen chunks of it and it is that a related thing there's sort of these these two tramps who are a oh, bit mad but they're talking in this very grandiose way, talking about ancient gods and and all of this stuff. But there may be kind of just just some sort of delusional guys sitting around on the street. <laughs> um, it, it just reminded me of that uh, Bob in particular. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great comparison. I love yeah. Lucy for God. I have not read that. I read that when I was in second year at uni, and it was one of the only things I enjoyed about. That right. Did you get it? Because I didn't get what was going on for most of it, particularly <laughs> reading it. I just had, it was so, there was like barely a sentence strung together in huge parts of it. You're like, how are they, who, like, what are they getting at here? What, what does these, what do all of these sentences mean? <laughs> um, but there's something in it, is there? I think so. I don't know. Maybe I was just enraptured by the language itself. Um, yeah, I think it was okay. also, it was just about boredom and banality and, um, that sense of just empty time stretching on while you just wait and wait and wait. Yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't. I can't remember it well enough to remember what any of the language was or what they said or what it was about. Or <laughs> okay, because <laughs> like you say, it's so just abstract. Oh, maybe that would be one for our audio drama we're going to record because that only needs two or three people, doesn't that? <laughs> Are there oh, more characters? It's just the two of them, or are I think there one three or other four? person comes along? Mm. Great. One of us could be Godo. Yeah, I bagsy Godo. Wait, he never turns up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to that. That's the only spoiler you could give for waiting for Godo. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do always. I feel like you should. Have someone listed in the cast as Godel just to <laughs> fuck with people. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I actually wrote a bit about waiting for Godel in my thesis. All right. Oh, talking about, about time and boredom. Yeah. 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 And waiting for something that's never going to appear. Did you write about song to song and waiting for the plot? <laughs> yeah, my whole thesis is on song to song. Did you not know that? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It can't say there's no words in it. <laughs> it's, it's just pictures of women's abdomens. God, that film. I'm really glad we watched it. I um, think I'm glad. Not entirely sure. It's really given us something to compare a lot again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If we ever think that... <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said with uh, 
<laughs> you have that to share other the really job. terrible one. What was the really bad one? Oh, oh Southland Tales. Southland Tales. Look, Laura's quotes on that, which was this: "This was good. I'm glad we watched this because I've often wondered what the worst film ever was, <laughs> and now I know." <laughs> I felt the same way with South, with uh, Song to Song. Where any time we watch a film, I think this is a bit crap. I've got like a baseline to compare yeah. it to. <laughs> I, I can find the merit in anything now. I've seen Song to Song. <laughs> Yeah, I think Song to Song wanted to be this film. Yeah, it wanted to be makes... my own private Idaho. Yeah, definitely. Moody and confusing and a bit rambling, but deep and and thoughtful and open to interpretation uh, and symbolic with beautiful camera work and bold artistic direction. And all they didn't have in Song to Song was a good writer, a good storyteller, a good camera person, and any inspiration at all. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like they had those things here, and they did a good job as a result. They had inspiration in the form of three of the most famous plays ever written. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that helped. (laughs) So, So the rambling sections did anyone else get a sort of quentin tarantino vibe with those just like a kind of you know how he has these just long conversations that don't mm. go anywhere yeah but somehow they're just really compelling mm. <laughs> yeah. and is the exact thing you're not supposed to do is have a dialogue that doesn't progress the, yeah. the story but some of the best films have dialogue that doesn't progress the story i feel like um oh definitely yeah, like- say that yeah definitely i hadn't um thought about that but that's i think that's what i liked about the dialogue here even though it didn't none of it really went anywhere but it just felt quite real and realistic mm. and was compelling mm. for its own reason yeah um, i think there's something in that mm-hmm so this is what I'm trying to get at when I'm using the word naturalistic, and I don't really know yeah. if I'm using that word right, but it, where Neither you're looking at it and thinking, I think <laughs> this is how people might really talk, and therefore it feels more real. Um, and yeah, you get that in a lot of Tarantino stuff. Do you know what else it reminded me of? God, it's the it's a lot of films to compare it against. Has anyone ever seen mm. With Neil and I? No. No. I don't um, even know how you spelled that. What? Um, I don't really know if I'm pronouncing it, if it's Withnil or Withnil. Oh. It's a... Um, never, never heard of it. Yeah, it was a British film. I think it's from the 70s, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's got Richard E. Grant in it. He's yeah. Withnil, if you know him. I feel I like I should. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's about these two friends. Um, they have a very strange, close relationship, but they're also... I mean, they are constantly drunk drunk throughout the whole thing but it's just this kind of weird wandering where they just are sort of traveling around the english countryside and it's all just that very kind of waiting for god dialogue where i mean it's a great film but it's also really boring <laughs> yeah um or some of it's boring <laughs> it's also got uncle vernon in it as a very outrageously camp gay man who's a bit of a predator but... fantastic yeah um... richard griffiths yes yeah yeah um, He's wonderful as well. Yeah. But yeah, it has a very similar dynamic between the two main characters, I'd say. 
but in, well in a different way i don't know it's it's odd um i'd recommend it though. yeah how did this fit into your sort of male bonding body film maybe that's why i loved it so much it's yeah. not quite oh. it doesn't quite tick the boxes for me because it was unrequited and what i really like is when yeah. it's requited <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i also i mean i'd almost always choose to avoid things that are going to make me sad or too melancholic but then I really enjoy them when I actually watch them so okay. I just really I feel I've just empathised so much because we all had an unrequited love mm. <sighs> yeah there was something almost requited about it though right mm. like they for a while at least they shared their life together and even when he what was it when he said that he loved him around the campfire? Yeah, and and Scott said, "Well, you can't love another man or whatever." He just just made it absolutely clear that he he didn't feel the same way. But then did say like, "Come over here," and I think they were we supposed to think they sort of slept slept next to each other or something, or he gave him like a, a hug. Yeah, I think we, we so. didn't quite mm-hmm. see what happened next. I wasn't even sure whether we were supposed to imagine that they had had sex. I don't um, think so. Well, I don't know, maybe it's open to interpretation. What what was that, Fernanda? Oh, I said that perhaps we were meant to think that he just cuddled. Yeah. Mm. And there there was something so so sweet about that and so so loving about that from Scott, just not the same sort of love that he was looking for. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it's nice. Oh, it was so sad. I was so sad. It was. It was sad. Oh, his betrayal at the end. So cutting. Yeah. And mm. it was a it was an odd one that because I'm trying to think what happens to Poins at the end of Henry the Fourth. I don't think he's cut off in the same way that Falstaff and the others are cut off. No. But I can't really remember now. He just kind of fades, doesn't he? You just don't see him again. Yeah. You know, like, which is odd. Gone to the pub. Yeah, mm. but even before that, like through the whole of part two. Hal's not really going to the pub and they're always talking about... I think he only actually crosses paths with Falstaff once or twice mm. and Falstaff's always waiting to see him uh, and all of that. But Poins is at his side through all of that. Um, so it's, it's weird that we don't quite know what happens at the end. Clearly the, the interpretation here is Poins was cut off with the rest of them. So um, I'm trying to think because there are battles, aren't there? He fights Hotspur in part two. Yeah. Right? Um, Poins isn't right. at that battle, is he? No, I guess not. He just kind of fades. He's just not part of his regal life. Yeah, but he's not the he's not the one that everyone's really upset about him hanging out with, which is full stuff. Yeah. Um, it's a curious one. So I, you know, I guess this film does exactly what what Shakespeare should have done, which is. <laughs> explain what this character is doing. Yeah, fuck you, um, Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I really like it. I, I've probably complained about this before. One thing I really, really hate is the whole uh, try and do Shakespeare in a bold and interesting modern way when they won't fucking commit to it. 
um, that the number of just <laughs> awful like screen adaptations of Shakespeare plays where they're like, oh, this is Romeo and Juliet, but it's set in downtown New York in 1965. <laughs> but every time they pull a gun out, they they say, look at my sword. And they all have outrageous like Italian names that don't fit in at all. And they quite clearly like that. They're talking about drinking a vial of poison, but they're holding a syringe, and and they just they've got this idea of oh let's do it differently, but let's not change a single word of this script that's been handed down to us by a god, and, <laughs> and I just hate that. And this is doing exactly what they should do, which is saying this is a a great story that is applicable to the modern age. Let's reinterpret it. Take parts of the script that apply. Take some of the beauty and the art of it, but develop it in our own way, you know, mo- modify the script, you know, change things around in a meaningful way, not just being like, oh, yeah, Macbeth is a tank commander in <laughs> Kenya. But Oh, shit, it was Gary's tank script, commander in it. <laughs> yeah, but the script still says that he's Scottish and he's on a horse. Uh, just... Yeah, and I love this for that because they've been able to take some freedom. They said, "What's this guy Poins doing? Can we, you know, cast an amazing actor in this role and explore other parts of his character? What if, you know, Shakespeare could have written this with Poins as a a sort of stumbling character who can't quite string a sentence together and who wishes he could find his mother? Um, that that's great." And I'm I'm glad that they yeah that they did that I guess even if I'm a bit confused about the exact way they went about it. <laughs> oh, beautifully put. Yeah, I lo- I love that as well. I love it even more <laughs> now that you've made so. this lovely soliloquy about it. it. Just happens to be a word that I really struggle with. <laughs> Probably like that. Um, but yeah, oh, also so I like yeah, yeah. the Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> you fairly murdered it. Right. But... <laughs> I haven't it, actually seen that. Was that set in downtown New York in the 1960s? I don't think it was the 60s. I think it was the 90s, but pretty much. No, right. right. Oh. You know, t- they don't really change the script, but they've all got guns and Hawaiian shirts on. And... Yeah. Which is it's just trippy. so jarring and <laughs> unnecessary. I, I really sing, hate you, it. You sink into it. Because they don't even try and pretend that they're not doing that. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. never do. They always... Just, uh, the worst <laughs> one was... The, right, there was a student production here. And they, oh. they do some good stuff here. That um, Sometimes they do, do these plays straight. Sometimes they do something interesting with it. There was one where they said, our costume for this play is going to be eclectic. I was like, well, what does eclectic mean? And it was explained to me, oh, yeah, so some of them are World War II soldiers and some of them are Elizabethans. And some of them are like twenty-first century teenagers. I was like, so, but what? <laughs> Why? And it just means that you can't figure out who anyone is supposed to be. But they didn't actually change anything because they're not actually going to write a play. So they they just did a really shit production <laughs> of a good Shakespeare play, and it's it just seems embarrassing to me. That was you would do that. Ricky three. No, this wasn't Ricky three. Where they at least committed to that much, but I mean, also stupid. So this was, <laughs> I, and I promise I'm not making this up. This was a production in St Andrews a few years ago of Richard the Third, um, 
but it was set in an American high school in the 1980s. <laughs> oh, God, I can just imagine. And all the men were played by women, and all oh, the women no. were played by men. Amazing. And they didn't change the script. <laughs> so, so it was still all these American teenagers talking about, like, riding horses around a battlefield, <laughs> but they're just, like, standing in front of someone's locker. Um, oh, yeah. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Just appalling. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think there's something in that. I think you can say something about like power dynamics in American high schools and how this is uh, there is actually an analogy with with mm. like medieval kings, but you have to you have to write it. <laughs> um yeah, I hate it. So sorry, all of this I hope is a positive way of me saying I liked this film and I think some writers have done great stuff with with Shakespeare's stories. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to dwell on stuff I hate. <laughs> oh. Do you know who else did a good one? I mean, I think we should really talk about this film rather than just every other film that has sprung to my mind today. But um, yeah. the last last action hero. <laughs> Now that was a good use of Shakespeare. I beg your pardon. Do you remember they have the Hamlet scene with Arnie? <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> yes, Hamlet, the action hero. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. quite good. Oh, he says to be or not to be, yeah. and Arnold Schwarzenegger comes in and goes like, "We decided it's not to be," and shoots him. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> They did a good job with that as well, because I think they used clips from the original film, didn't they? Yes. That's Richard E. Grant. No, wait, is it? Yeah, I think that's Richard E. Grant's Hamlet that they show the clip of. Uh, that doesn't sound right. It, it doesn't, was, does it? was it? Laurence Olivier's Hamlet. No, you're right. I remember, I got confused because Richard E. Grant did the Hamlet soliloquy as a rap. Yes. Never mind. Which okay. I also brought up in the episode, and I got confused there, but yes. Anyway. Curious. Mm. That does sound... Quite lame. <laughs> it's great. I'm it gonna sounds send it very. Around. Let's get kids to love Shakespeare. It's brilliant. <laughs> what do kids love? They love rapping. Let's let's do a a rap about biology. With a no, proper let's do a rap about Shakespeare. Proper Shakespearean actor. Yeah, <laughs> rapping for Jesus. <laughs> that's what it. That's exactly what it's like. Is this? Oh, let's get down with the kids. <laughs> Anyway, so, my own private Idaho. Yes, what was that? Oh, it was a film we watched. <laughs> Mike's brother, I think they went to visit his brother, father. His brother, father. What? What was the deal there? What was going on with that? He thinks his mum slept with his brother instead of her boyfriend or something. What? Did anyone make any sense out of that? Was it yeah. just Mike? I'm going to call weird. poor storytelling on this one because I didn't know what was going on. Um, yeah, okay. My my guess was that it was actually his father, but he had been brought up believing that it was his big brother. Yes, that uh, was my guess as well. But that wasn't made clear, and it really didn't help that he kept just sort of standing up and walking off and screaming and then coming back and Wait, resuming the conversation. You, and You think it was actually his father... Actually, his father like and been... not his brother, um, but he had been told that that was his brother. So, 
But then why? I don't know why that would why be. Why would though. someone conceive a child with a woman and then stay around and let her treat him like a son? Yeah, that doesn't, well, doesn't that, quite make sense, Well, that's not to say that that it? was their relationship because his mum died when he was really young, so I guess he would never have noticed the dynamic between his dad and his mum. So we wouldn't oh, have yeah. assumed that that was a mother-son, that that, that, that became a yeah. sort of sham mother-son relationship. It was just that that was... But yeah, I see your point. It was a bit confusing. It didn't help that the brother father told different stories about things mm. that added some confusion to the mix. Mm. Um, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I could see maybe he didn't want the responsibility of being a father. And so he just told him, oh, yeah, I, I'm your brother. Mm. Our parents are gone now. Um but still yeah. sort of looked after him. But yeah, it was, it was all a very confused scene. Yeah. I mm. found it very confusing. I don't know if that was supposed to reflect Mike's confusion about the whole situation, whether he'd just been told so many different stories about his his, his origin story. Um, and we were supposed to also not really understand. Um, mm. Yeah, I found that a particularly... I find it quite upsetting in a way, like, yeah, because hmm. he, he he did seem very young, Richard. He seemed very he didn't seem like old enough to have a son Mike's age. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Hmm. No, nah, I did, didn't get it. I'm afraid. Okay, Fernando, do you have any insight? Hmm. My insight is I'm glad you both have read Shakespeare. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Because I, cool. I did know it was based on Shakespeare and I was like, I can't be bothered reading about Henry the Fourth and whatnot to understand yeah. how it's drawn on. I'd rather just wait and have it explained to me. I'm glad that it was. <laughs> <laughs> so... Henry the Fourth, as it turns out, part one, which I have real trouble with it because Henry the Fourth isn't the main character in the Henry the Fourth films. Yes. Um, oh yeah, I've been saying Henry the Fourth this whole time, but he's not Henry the Fourth, is he? He's Henry the Fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, so the Hollow Crown series is phenomenal. Like, yeah, it's, it's a great series. Just a really great telling of those stories. Mm. Um, and I. 100% recommend watching those films hmm. um, first couple are fine with a Richard the second yeah <laughs> wishy washy um, but yeah Henry the fourth and Henry the fifth are fantastic I yes. know watch so them it's Jeremy Irons playing Henry the fourth isn't oh, it brilliant. and Tom Hiddleston as Henry the fifth so yep. the the business mogul was Henry the Fourth, um, and no, yeah, the mayor. Oh, was he the mayor? Whatever yeah. it was, um, yeah, the rich guy is his dad. Uh, yeah, and Henry the Fifth, Keanu Reeves was is Tom Hiddleston, and yeah, it's just, just wonderful. There's so much great chemistry between them all, and ah, oh. 
it's kind of like watching Game of Thrones. Watching yeah. It. Yeah, mm. a little bit. Especially when they do the Wars of the Roses, um, <laughs> which was so fucking Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, Jesus. I know that has Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, as Richard the Third. Yeah, who's also superb, just fantastic. Yeah, and they even open each episode with like last time on Henry the Fourth, and then <laughs> show some clips from Henry the Fourth Part One, and then they start Part Two. Which is exactly how Shakespeare would have written it if it was a TV series he was writing. Uh, <laughs> they've recut it into like forty-five minute episodes on BritBox, nice. so it's like Henry the Fourth Part Seven or whatever. Uh, yeah, th- that's cool. Sort of thought I might next time I watch it through, watch it like that. Uh, yeah, I wonder if you might feel quite stung in some of those forty-five minute chunks because. Not very much would happen. Yeah, I don't know how it works exactly. That's a thought. Hmm. I'm glad that symbolism. this has made us think about lots of other things as well as just the film. It's um, nice yes, that symbolism. Do we have a. Yes. <laughs> the symbolism <laughs> flute. Um. <clears throat> it's such a funny sound, and I don't know why. I love it. <laughs> oh, symbolism. symbolism! I feel like it was chock so full. The of whole symbolism. thing is an allegory for Henry the Fourth, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we've done that one. Um, hmm, symbolism. I mean, there was just a lot of sim- there was a lot of symbolism. I didn't really know what it meant. <laughs> That's our conclusion. There was a lot of symbolism. Next question. They would just spice things with like a picture of a big cabin crashing to the ground. Fish mm. swimming upstream. Yeah. That was so odd. salmon. That was definitely a symbol for Mike's struggle, wasn't it? The salmon swimming upstream. Yeah, especially because they, they swim upstream to where they were born, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that's his, his constant. That was perfect. Yeah. And it was sperm. Whoa, didn't see that one coming, was it? <laughs> Definitely. It all fits. <laughs> the first time we see the salmon, to be fair, right, I'm not just making this up, the first time we see the salmon is exactly at the moment where he is being pleasured by that man at the beginning. Yeah. So it's right at the climax, and then suddenly we're showing a picture of some salmon jumping. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought yeah. for once I'm not going to have to justify this. This is very clear. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. That's... I think Claire came up with a better one, uh, and now we're like, but you know, maybe it's just a dick joke. <laughs> well, that's, I was confused because they showed the exact same clip at the at a moment at the end, and I was like, but that's not. Uh, okay. There's no sex happening now. What could it mean? Wait but that makes second. perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay um, there's the road that must be symbolic Yeah. there's no way that's not a symbol for mm. a journey yes. like a never ending journey yeah his life is this sort of never ending road that he never quite makes any progress yeah. down I feel like it should never it shouldn't be linear though I feel like it should be more twisty but I think you can't really show that <clears throat> endlessness if it's twisty. 
Mm. And it did and he, it did curve. It was undulating. It wasn't like we didn't see it flat. We saw it as oh, this yeah, sort of, peaks and troughs, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Sometimes things get better. Sometimes they get worse. Um, but he says at the start, doesn't he? I've 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 been here before. I know this exact part of this road. Mm. Um, mm. But I don't quite know why, or something like that. It's all very, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, so we've got the salmon. We've got the road. The how the barn crashing to the ground. Does any idea what yeah. that? Oh yeah. Oh, and the fact that what did it mean that they were on the cover of porn magazines? I mean, I guess yeah. it, that was just. I wasn't quite... sure if that was just meant to be a fun little. Yeah, bit. probably. It was. It was odd, wasn't it? Sort of experimental. Mm. They were all in. The, the names of the magazines, I think, were all supposed to oh, tell us about their characters, though, weren't they? Really? Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, I thought they were all just sort of the kind of names that gay porn magazines would have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to search for this image without... Oh, wow. <laughs> again. <laughs> um, so let's go for it. I'll, put, I'll add my private Idaho. That should help. Uh, yeah, let us know. Magazine covers should be safe enough, shouldn't it? Hmm. Oh, you can <laughs> buy cushions with their picture on them. <laughs> oh, I found it here. We've got torso, honcho, g-string, butch. Uh, so male call is the one that Keanu Reeves is on with his um. cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it's know. not. I think it was. I think. Joy Boy caught my eye because he looked particularly young, or yeah. um, in the film, and then I assumed the rest would all be kind of similarly symbolic, but maybe not. Yeah. Okay. No, I think that, I don't think there's anything in that. Hmm. Hmm. I want to talk about the the framing of the sex scenes we saw two or three times oh, yeah. um it was almost laughable um that would be like oh and then they decide to have sex and we just see like freeze frames of outrageous sexual positions they were in but they'd hold each frame for like a second and you could see them kind of moving slightly like as if they were just holding a pose and that was I don't know if it was meant to make us think of this whole thing sort of happening in a rush, so all they can remember is sort of oh, I wonder if it's disconnected moments. Yes, genius, something like that. Oh, mm. fragmentary nature of memory and time in this dreamlike. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't know what it meant it's at the time, but I enjoyed it. I thought that's a good way to do it. Yeah. It's not quite so smacking you in the face of it. Hmm. Yeah, if there's no movement, it's somehow hmm. less uh, <laughs> less dirty. I don't know. Um, yeah, Fernando, but they did gonna... it. Oh, yeah. No, go on, Fernando. Oh, uh, I was not going to say anything. I was just thinking that um, maybe that was to make it explicit that they were having sex without having. Actually, a sex scene. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did tastefully shy away from 
from any like proper X-rated stuff on the screen, and I think mm. that was a good decision. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I think it was it was interesting that the they sort of at the start of the film we saw him having one of his narcoleptic episodes. And we had to zoom up, zoom in on his face, mm. Mm. and he was. He had a, a certain facial expression, <laughs> and then the film opens, and it's him with that same facial expression, but in a very different circumstance. In yeah, the, um, yeah. the facial scene. Um, and I mm. just, I thought that was significant. I don't think it was necessarily trying to show anything, but I thought that was a, a bit of a trick that they played on us by making us think we were looking mm. at him having a fit again, but then it was actually, oh yeah. Mm. Something different, and there's something in that, right? There's some that they're obviously trying to say something about that. There's this parallel for him between these sudden bouts of sleep and his work as a as a prostitute. Mm. Um, Like whenever he goes into like has sex with one of these people, he he is sort of it's like a dream for him, or it's like it's. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Or maybe it was just meant to surprise us. Or yeah, yeah, maybe he's he shuts down when mm. he's doing his job. You know, he's he's not in the moment. He's yeah. I mean, we saw a couple of times when he did fall asleep while he was on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it seemed, seemed like it was sort of linked. Oh, that could be dangerous. Yeah. Could be. Well, he did suggest that um, uh-huh. maybe he was taking advantage him. of Yeah, mm. while he was asleep. Which is a bit scary. What did we think of the German yeah. man? <laughs> Hans. <laughs> he was funny, and I don't know if he was supposed to be. He really... I did get the same... It like, creeped me out. So much, but mm-hmm. my God, he can dance. <laughs> <laughs> he that had some so nerves, didn't he? <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and I really liked Scott's reaction to it of sort of this this could go on all day. Like, <laughs> turn turn the music off and then loudly applaud. Like be as positive as you can, but also make it stop. Yeah, quite <laughs> I think he did that because he saw that um, Mike was getting stressed. And that he knew if Mike got too stressed, he was just going to fall asleep. Because <laughs> oh, so he seems he was... like he's almost enjoying it because he laughs and claps when it's happening. And then he glances over to Mike, who he sees is like clearly very uncomfortable and is starting to like twitch a little bit, which is the warning sign that he's going to pass out soon. So then he gets up and turns it off. Yeah, okay. Mm. Oh, I, I hadn't noticed that. Oh, he was a good friend, wasn't he? Till the end. Till, Till the end. end. <laughs> May we please record our own music video? Yeah! (laughs) We need a song first. German techno. We've got a song! The Wee Band song! The Wee Band song? We recorded a song on Wee Wee Band, whatever it was. Oh, on Wee Music! Wee Music! (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Yeah, I still got the recording. Oh, that was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll see if I can bring that up at some yeah. point. Um, so I had a thought there. Uh, what was it? Yeah, can we uh, forgive Scott for his decision to cut all these people out of his life? Yes. No. Yeah? No? Claire? Don't know. Oh. <laughs> I guess that's the deciding voters with me, right? Yeah. In which case, yeah. it's it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Henry the Fourth, I suppose I, I think we are supposed to uh, very much look up to to Prince Hal and and agree that this was the right thing for him to do. That like the main it focuses very much on his abandonment of full stuff. Um, and how he's leaving behind this petty criminal who treats people badly and is selfish and uh, a drunk, and that what he's doing is taking on his responsibility as prince and eventually king. And that seems sort of different, Um, because in this, I I think we spent more time but we we spent less time like liking his dad. I don't think we meant to hate his dad, mm. but it seemed very cruel when he turned his back on on the other people, particularly because um, because Poins was involved, meaning River Phoenix mm. was involved. Mm. Um, Mikey. Mm. Uh, and that that made it feel different. It made it feel like he had some responsibility to Mikey, um, even though in a way he didn't. But like we saw how so much of how how Mikey was basically a good guy and wanted and loved him so much and relied on him mm. and was so vulnerable and just to to cut him out like that, uh, it was harder. I like yeah. how he at least acknowledged that he at some point knew them when they showed up at the restaurant um, with his speech. He said, well, yes, you were part of my past, but now you're not. Um, yeah. Whereas some people might have might have acted as if they had never known each other. Yeah. In a way, it was almost colder, wasn't it? Because he, he says, I don't know you but then explains exactly what he means by that, which is, I do know you, but I am never going to have anything more to do with you. Unless um, you become rich. Mm. I thought it was interesting that <laughs> yes. he said, until I choose to go back. Mm, yes. Do you remember that? He said, I'll never, yes. something like that, until I, till I go back. <laughs> until I decide that you should take me back. <laughs> <laughs> The arrogance of the rich. <laughs> <laughs> so in in Shakespeare, he says, I know thee not, old man, fall to thy prayers. How ill white hairs become a fool and jester. I have long dreamed of such a kind of man, so surfeit swelled, so old and so profane. But being awaked, I do despise my dream. Oh, oh goodness. Man. Wow. Oh, Shakespeare was, was good, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh. He's all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is some um, good shit. This, this Shakespeare guy. <laughs> I think he's going to be big one of these days. 
<laughs> mm, um, I suppose he's just got to wait for his break, hasn't he? Yeah, he'll yeah. get it one day. So we're not sure, in conclusion, whether I'm sure whether you're sure, uh, Wait, but Fernando's you... quite sure in the other direction. Well, the thing is, you've made me a little bit less sure. Which doesn't does that mean that I'm now not sure? Then I'd like to describe my situation as a little bit less sure. Still <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, maybe we're coming down on on Scott being. A- acting cruelly at the end there and not out of necessity. He was cruel, yes. I agree that he was cruel. Was that a necessary cruelty? I'm not sure. I think it was also, it's a little bit about class as well. It was about the fact that they had this, and I think that showed that with the funeral comparisons. Mm. They had this working class mm. solidarity and like constant companionship and they all you know listen to one another even though they they never really present enough to actually respond or listen but they yeah voiced their things they were together then that's scott just cuts all ties and like you don't do that yeah you can't just cut people out who aren't convenient for you anymore i mean i thought it was a great move on the film because it made me really angry and not at the film it made me angry at the character which is a success yeah okay Hmm. Yeah, I, I suppose even when this is just when Bob has just been boasting about how now that his now that his young friend is mm. uh, has come into his inheritance, he he's going to you know, all of them are going to be better off, and they're going to have a great time because they're favoured by someone rich and powerful, and that's just brutally cut away yeah. from them. I suppose that says a lot about society, doesn't it? Mm. You know, people sort of forget where they've come from forget yeah, to try okay. and help people who are exactly who they were five years ago oh it was about capitalism wasn't it the whole thing yep. was about capitalism that's all it was <laughs> it was the American dream yes to be born into a rich powerful yeah. family yeah. and be able to dick around as a <laughs> young adult a and then stroke. still land on your feet mm. Because your dad's rich. That's yeah. the American dream. <laughs> he was quite lucky he wasn't disinherited, though, to be fair. Played fast and loose with that inheritance. Mm, in a way that is not... that. Yeah, that, that uncertainty isn't present in Shakespeare because there's this clear rule that the eldest will inherit mm. and it it would have been very difficult for his father to disinherit him in that way. But, I mean, in America, you can disinherit whoever you want. Mm. Uh, it's the Wild West out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. How, Wait, how are we going to preserve the class you, system at all? That you could, cannot disinherit people in the United Kingdom? Oh, you can't if you're the king and you want... Like, he, the, the eldest son is always going to be the next king... Um, yeah, in, in the modern UK, if you just want to pass on like stuff you own, you can pass it on to anyone, just like in America. Um, but the current queen couldn't say like, "Oh, Prince Charles doesn't get to be king. I want to go to <laughs> Princess Anne." Like, that. otherwise, we all know she would. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, she cannot do that. <laughs> Wait, um, but then 
I've heard that she can kill someone and she wouldn't go to jail. So <laughs> maybe if she wanted to do not inherit someone, maybe she could just kill them. Um, that is an extreme, Charles. Mm, <laughs> extreme <laughs> way to deal with that problem. <laughs> he would definitely not then be the king. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Would it, be, it would be Andrew in that case. Um, yes, it would, wouldn't oh. it? They... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Eugenie and whatever would oh, be next. No, no, if, if she killed, if she decided to kill Prince Charles, there's a good short story in here, isn't there? Uh, if she killed Prince Charles, it would go to Prince William next. Uh, the crown does pass sort of through oh, even if dead people. Oh, yeah, um, okay. So, yeah, there would still be plenty of people ahead, oh, of, if, uh, ahead of Prince Andrew. Yeah, but if if Charles died without conceiving an heir yeah then it would be andrew mm. next yeah oh so is andrew even he must be what like he's well down there yeah 13th something like that because is, is harry still yeah harry's still like, in and then presumably archie is as well exactly and whatever the Kinda new archie. one's called i don't know harper seven something like that <laughs> um you're gonna have to kill a lot of kids to get to this throne yeah, no, I think it's I think it's the ship sailed for, for Prince Andrew. Didn't put Sauvage off. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly didn't. Put who off? No, it's an unexpected Johnny English reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Pascal Sauvage. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, oh, next film choice. And Fergus is what, like, 50th in line to the Norwegian throne or something? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's up there somewhere. Hmm. Uh, still a lot of people have to die. <laughs> yeah, it's irrelevant. We're going to abolish the monarchy anyway. Yeah. Are we? Is this us just deciding? Yeah. No, I really <laughs> want Michael and Claire Young to be king and queen. So can we kill uh, a lot of people until that happens, please? Can we I mean, I think this is why we came... I think this is why we came up with republics, right? So that if you really want someone to be in charge, you don't have to like, kill half the people in the country before it happens. <laughs> we can also have a vote and decide. Hmm. Nah, I don't think that would work. <laughs> you can't trust people to vote. No, but you could rig the election. But Oh, okay. That's yeah, so it would still be a dictatorship. Mm. It just wouldn't be absolute. Exactly. Cool. Uh, and it wouldn't be hereditary. That's the important thing. Yeah, mm. that really messes things up. Whew. I think we're going to end up on some kind of list if anyone's yeah. listening to this. I take it back. <laughs> a list of idiots. Because <laughs> uh, well, I think there are any I've uh, royal about. listeners? Uh, do write in. <laughs> <laughs> Please send a postcard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can work out where we live. It's probably uh, got people on it. Um, yeah, sorry. You you think you've about covered all your points, Laura? I don't know. I feel distressed that I haven't, but I can't. I didn't write anything down. So yeah, there there was a lot going on in the film. There was a lot of discussion. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think I've got anything more. What was the link? Um, ah, yes. Previous film was. Not Halloween. Another, Not Halloween, because that's a special. Another round. Another round. Oh. Oh, in which case, there's quite quite a clear thing. It's a, yeah, it's a lot about um, 
a, well, not quite addiction. No. Well, what was the link? Hmm. Living a dream life. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> that could work. That Detaching from reality. Yeah. Hmm. So Scott had to make some firm decisions about... Um, he had to choose between his sort of life of partying and having fun and what we would call acting responsibly. Mm. Uh, so was he having fun? I don't know that the life they were living was that fun. I think he enjoyed it. They made a point about how he never took money I, for I, I what he was he doing. I think he enjoyed it because he knew there was an end to it. Mm. Yeah, I don't I think, think everyone so. else was enjoying it. Yeah. No, I don't that think so. That was just the life they were in. Whereas in uh, binge drink or whatever it was called. Um, <laughs> another round. Another round. I think it was called binge drinking in Danish. Drunk. Oh. That's probably not how you pronounce it. Drinken. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, <go> <laughs> exactly. Keft. Um, Keft. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know that our lead character in that, you know, he was associating with people who were also choosing to be there. Mm. But then, no, some of them were addicted and couldn't get out of that cycle. My God, there's no link. And he chose to leave it. It's a valiant mm. effort, Claire, but there's no link. <laughs> no, I'm Good looking men. It was in mostly major... about men. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good That is a good link. This difference between choice and circumstance. Yeah. That line. Hmm. Cool. Was it insulting the way, uh, not point Scott, was choosing to live that life? Hmm. Was it insulting to the people who were stuck there, knowing that he could just leave whenever he wanted? Almost patronising. Yeah. They seem to not in the film. They certainly didn't mind he was mm. one of the. Yeah, the they all loved him, didn't they? Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, isn't it? It's a bit voyeuristic. Hmm. Yeah. Then again, the alternative is to have nothing to do with them. Uh, I mean, which... the another alternative is to speak to them, knowing your position, and try and I'll try do to something help to help them. Yeah. That they tell you about. Yeah, he was playing at being poor, That's wasn't he? That's what it was, yeah, he was playing. If he'd committed, this is why his betrayal was so cruel. You should have committed. You can't just yeah. up and cut ties whenever you like. Yeah, which was his plan all along, wasn't it? From yes, the very indeed, start, he was saying it. that he was, yeah. Yeah, I'd hate to think that someone was just slumming it with me to see what it's like. Yeah. yeah. I would feel very, very <laughs> offended by Writing that. Writing their dissertation on me. <laughs> Rude. I would again. <laughs> so that's not the same, is it? Though. No, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the alternative that I proposed, which is speaking to someone in the position you're in, openly and honestly, and figuring out mm. what it is about their life that they want to change and what they don't want to change. And yeah, yeah. it's a valid criticism though, because it's still. I mean, we talk about that a lot in anthropology. Oh, you know this weird power dynamic between the researcher and the fact that there's inherent exploitation of people mm -hmm. right. and a very easy tendency to slip into creating this kind of pornography of suffering. Yeah. If you're, sure. if you're voyeuristic this is why about I, it. Um, this is why I experiment with chemicals. 
<laughs> yes, chemicals don't have feelings. <laughs> oh, though sometimes yeah. I sense that they're pissed off with me and don't do what I want. <laughs> so. Is there a link to the, the song catcher here then? Um, where she is deliberately making herself a part of their community just to get at their songs, just to study them um, in a way that is uncertain. Although he's just an... doing it for kicks, isn't it? She's yeah. doing it for for some academic reasons, even if we, even if there's yeah grey areas, as Laura's saying about. Well, I think about I, doing I think that we in talked about way. that in Songcatcher, didn't we? That it was it was <laughs> on the line of a bit exploitative. Because they, some of them mm. didn't want their songs recorded. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're back here again. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we discussed debate. it extensively, didn't we? It's uh, um, an important debate, though, I guess. Should they have been yeah. taking notes? That's the question. <laughs> R- written <laughs> notes. Yes. Just, just jot that down mm. for the diary. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. I could, Good stuff. We, we were just trying to summarise there and I got to enter again. <laughs> no, that's cool. No, it's good. I think we found the link. Uh, I, think I'm, I think I'm done. What was the link between Song Song and the subsequent movie that we watched? Ooh, <laughs> that's a question. What, what was the subsequent film? <laughs> I can look at a, a list. Uh... Song to Song was followed by Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> I don't think we were doing links there, are we? No, I think that's probably for the best. <laughs> Those were two excellent films. We watch some really they good weren't. films, don't we? Yeah. Mm, yes. We watch some mediocre films and some terrible films, but we do watch some good, really good yeah. films. Occasionally. Yeah, that, no, that was an excellent suggestion for that, though. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for picking this one. Me too. I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad we enjoyed it. There's a lot to say. Mm. Give good feedback back to us, Waldo, in a way that doesn't betray the film club. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get more more tips from him. Okay, I'll ask him about more movies. Brilliant. (laughs) I've just realised it's time for the music and... uh... Oh, you're not ready? I'm ready. Just give me... Five to ten yep. seconds. So I'm thinking maybe, you know, and things and when the and then <laughs> later with Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Are you ready, Laura? What? Are you ready? I was just waiting on I mean, yeah, if you'd if you'd shut up for a second. Did <laughs> she try and do someone a favour? <laughs> <laughs> Who's next? Who's still in the... Uh, Claire, I think. Well, I think it's just me. Oh, there was I... Princess Mononoke, Another Round, My Own Private Idaho, and yeah, Claire. And Awakenings. Uh, okay. Oh. Awakenings. 1990. But you have to play rock, paper, scissors against yourself. Yes. Yeah, okay. Someone count me in. One, two, three. Fire. <laughs> you win. <laughs> Awakenings. Awakenings. Oh, yeah. man, this sounds like another serious one. 